Hello, welcome to the 100th episode of Stories for Wonderful Children. I'm so pleased today to celebrate our 100th episode by bringing you a grand story smorgasbord of four new stories, some suggested by listeners who filled out the listener survey. Thank you so much to everyone who listens regularly and those of you who have told friends or family about the show or posted a review online to help others find it. And now, on with the smorgasbord. Story One, The Gatherer of Leaves. The collector of leaves would choose most carefully because she only ever picked the best leaf from each tree. She would stand before it and look carefully, looking at the leaves changing their colors into the brilliant reds and oranges and yellows. And after she had looked carefully, she would pick one and tuck it carefully into the bag that she carried on her side. But although she looked carefully, she looked quickly, for there were many trees and much work to be done as the days shortened and the nights lengthened and autumn progressed. Each day when the collector left her little hut, she would walk farther as she walked in a great circle around her home, constantly expanding, each day having to walk farther to find new trees, to find the perfect leaf from each one to keep and preserve. As the nights grew colder and longer, as the days grew shorter and winter neared, the collector spent much of her day walking to find new trees and only made it back home after the sun had already set, each night emptying her bag upon the floor of her little hut, the leaves piling up in all the hues of the setting sun, fiery red, brilliant oranges and yellows, a few scattered browns and greens, covering the floor of her hut and piling up against the walls, until finally, one evening, as she returned home, the collector saw the first flakes of snow beginning to drift down from the darkening sky. She stepped inside her little hut and closed the door behind her, and then her real work began. One by one, she sewed the leaves together until she had a vast quilt. As the snows began to pile up around the walls of her hut, she wrapped herself in that great blanket of color, rolled herself up inside of it, and went to sleep. She slept through the short winter days and long winter nights as the world grew white and silent around her. And then, 
as the days began to get longer and the snows began to melt, one day, when the first daffodils began to poke their heads up to greet the spring, the collector woke, and she gathered her blanket, rolling it tighter and tighter into a little ball. She stepped out the door of her hut and began to walk again, returning to each tree its best leaf, the leaf turning a brilliant new green as she tossed it up into the branches, leaving behind her a trail of trees beginning to sprout their little buds and early leaves as spring returned to the land. Story 2. The Wishing Sisters Once upon a time, there were two sisters named Greta and May. Not only were Greta and May sisters, but they were the best of friends. They did everything together. They played together, they ate together. They had two beds in the same room, so at night they even fell asleep together. They loved spending time together. The only thing that Greta and May disagreed about was what was the best game to play. Greta loved to play princess. She thought princesses were the most interesting thing in the whole world. She liked to read about princesses. She liked to dress up like princesses. She liked to pretend that they were princesses. May, on the other hand, thought that princesses were okay. But what she really loved was mermaids. May loved to read about mermaids. She loved to talk about mermaids. She loved to draw mermaids. And she liked to pretend to be a mermaid. And so sometimes, when Greta and May were deciding what game to play, they had trouble deciding whether to be princesses or mermaids. And usually they worked it out. Some days they played princesses, some days they played mermaids, some days they played pirates instead, just to keep things interesting. Well, one day Greta and May were out for a walk at a lake near their home, and as they were walking around the lake, they suddenly stopped. Greta said, Do you smell something, May? May said, I do. It smells like, and then together they said, Skunk. They looked around, and then they saw it. There was a skunk not too far ahead of them on the path, and the skunk was clearly trying to get away from them, but they could also see the skunk was limping. Oh, said May, I think it's hurt. Hey, skunk, said Greta, kneeling down. Are you hurt? Can we help you? She was a little worried about skunks because she knew that they sprayed and neither sister wanted to go home smelling like skunk. But they coaxed the skunk over and May could see that it had a thorn stuck in one of its paws. So very gently, she reached out 
careful not to startle the skunk, and gently pulled the thorn out. The skunk put its paw back down, and then looked at them, and said, Thank you for helping me. I will grant you each one wish. And the sisters immediately, without discussing it, wished, and Greta wished, I wish to be a princess, and May wished, I wish to be a mermaid, and instantly, poof, the skunk had granted their wishes. Greta found herself in a magnificent palace, wearing real princess dress, a real princess crown. She got to sit on a throne and make decisions. She got to change dresses every fifteen minutes, and each dress was more beautiful than the one before. It was fabulous. She had a wonderful princess lunch. And while this was going on, May found herself suddenly below the lake, swimming around. She looked back. She had a mermaid tail. She could breathe underwater. She swam from one side to the lake to the other. She snuck up underneath fishing boats and knocked on their bottoms to startle the fishermen. She swam down to the bottom of the lake and talked to the catfish, because when you're a mermaid, you can talk to whichever fish you like. She had a lovely time. But after a couple hours, something strange happened. Greta discovered that she was bored. Being a princess was great, sure, but without May, it just wasn't right. May was coming to the same realization. Being a mermaid was wonderful. It was everything she had always dreamed of. But without her sister, her best friend, it just wasn't right. And so Greta ordered her royal coach to be brought. And she ordered her royal coachman to take her to the lake near her house. And about the same time, May swam up to the edge of the lake, right near that path where she and Greta had seen the skunk earlier in the day. She saw Greta arrive in her carriage. Greta rushed to the edge of the lake. Oh, May, she said, what a lovely mermaid you are. Thank you, said May, and you make a perfect princess, Greta. The sisters looked at each other for a minute, and then they both said it at the same time. I miss you. We need to play a game together. We would need to be ourselves again. Where's that skunk? And they looked around, and then they saw the skunk. He was peering around the edge of a tree at them. Greta waved. Oh, Mr. Skunk! May called loudly. Oh, Mr. Skunk! The skunk took a step or two forward. What's wrong? said the skunk. Don't you like your wishes? Well, said Greta, the wishes were wonderful. Being a princess was great. Yes, said May, I've always dreamed of being a mermaid. It's just perfect. But, and the girls looked at each other, without my sister, it's just not right. We'd rather be just ourselves if we can't be together. And the skunk looked at them for a moment 
and said, your wish is granted. And then he blinked, and suddenly both girls found themselves underwater in a beautiful seashell palace with mermaid tails and princess crowns. The skunk made us mermaid princesses, said Greta. That is perfect, said May. We should have thought of that. And so they were mermaid princesses for the rest of the afternoon until the wish wore off and they found themselves back on the path home just in time for dinner. And that's the end. Story 3 The Too Hot Child Once upon a time there was a child who was trying to sleep, but the child was hot, and so the child went to the child's parents and said, I can't sleep, I'm hot. And the parents said, Dearest child, why don't you turn on your ceiling fan? And so the child returned, turned on the ceiling fan and lay down in bed, and the ceiling fan made it a little cooler. But the child was still hot. And so the child returned to the parents and said, Dearest parents, I try to sleep, but I cannot, for I am too hot. And the child's parents said, Perhaps you should turn your ceiling fan up to high. And so the child returned to the bedroom turned the ceiling fan all the way up to high, and lay down in bed, and was a little bit cooler from the breeze from the ceiling fan. But despite that breeze, the child was still hot, and so the child tossed and turned, and then went down to the parents and said, Oh, parents, I cannot sleep, for I am too hot despite my ceiling fan. I need a bigger ceiling fan. And so, the next day, the parents took the child out to the ceiling fan store, and they said, Oh, woe are we, for our child is too hot, despite the ceiling fan. We need a ceiling fan that is bigger for our child's room. And so, they bought a bigger ceiling fan. They took it home. They put it on the ceiling. That night, the child turned the bigger ceiling fan all the way up to high and lay down in bed, and there was a tremendous breeze. But the child was still hot, and so went to the parents and said, Oh, I tried to sleep, and this bigger ceiling fan is wonderful, but I am still too hot. And the parents said, Tomorrow we will go, and we will get the biggest ceiling fan. And so the next morning they measured the ceiling of the child's room. They went to the ceiling fan store, and they bought the biggest ceiling fan, so large that its blades stretched from one wall to the other. And the child said, This is wonderful. Surely I will be able to sleep now. 
And that night the child turned that enormous ceiling fan up to the highest setting, and it was like standing in the wind that comes before a storm. But although the child adored that wind from the ceiling, the child found that it was still too hot and went down to the parents and said, Oh, I try to sleep, and I love this biggest ceiling fan, but I am still hot. The child said, Tomorrow, can we look at wall fans? And the parents sighed a little and looked at each other and said yes. And the next day they went to the ceiling fan store and they said, Our beloved child is still too hot. We are looking for wall fans. And the ceiling fan store said, We don't sell wall fans. And they took them outside and showed them the sign that said ceiling fan store. Just ceiling fans. Sorry, no wall fans. And so the child and the parents went back out to the car and they looked at each other. And the parents said, Let's go to Walmart. And so they went to Walmart. And at Walmart, they bought wall fans, and they installed them on all four walls of the child's room. And that night, the child went to bed with the biggest ceiling fan running on the ceiling and the wall fans running on the wall. And the parents were of the opinion that it was much like standing in the middle of a tornado must feel like. But the child lay there, feeling the breeze from all directions, and the child was still too hot. And the child went downstairs to the parents and said, Oh, beloved parents, you have bought me this wonderful biggest ceiling fan, and we have gone in search of wall fans and found them, and indeed the breeze in my room is tremendous. But I am still too hot. Tomorrow can we find a floor fan store and buy me a floor fan? And the parents looked at one another, and they said, Dearest child, perhaps first you should remove your snowsuit that you sleep in every night. And the child said, But it is so snugly. And the parents said, Yes, but still, perhaps you should try it. And so the child removed the super snugly snowsuit and went back to bed and found that it was not too hot, that with the ceiling fan and the wall fans running just on low, just enough to move the air a bit, it was just right. And so the child slept comfortably all night long. Story four, The Lost Puppy. Liberty Gibbet was having a very long day. It was the day that he took reports from all of the governors who watched over the various parts of the far-flung cat kingdom. But that meant that his cousin Flip-Flop was there, giving the report about the Elysium. And as the day had gone on, Fliberty Gibbet had already found a whoopee cushion hidden under the cushions of his throne, and when he had gone to open a can of tuna fish at lunch, he had found it full of pickled prunes instead. Flip-Flop, of course, protested his innocence at these events, but Flibberty Gibbet knew better. And so now, at the end of the day, 
as the sun was setting, he retired to his gardens to relax and spend a little prank-free time. As he walked into his gardens, though, he heard a small sound back behind the rhododendron bushes. Oh, hello? Who's there? The great tiger said. Come out. As he walked over towards the bushes, he saw a very small puppy peeking out from behind the bushes. Oh, hello, said Flippity Chippet. Who are you? How did you get to my garden? The puppy looked at him and just made little woof, woof sounds. Oh, said Flippity Chippet. Do you not speak cat? Hmm, oh, do you speak English? The puppy just said, woof. Flippity Chippet said, uh, habla usted español? Woof, the puppy said. Flippity Chippet frowned. Sprechen Sie uh, Deutsch? Woof, the puppy said. Flippity Chippet sighed. Wait here. Just one moment. He came back a moment later, wearing a necklace with a glowing gem shaped like a dog around his neck. Hello, he said. Oh, I understand you now, said the puppy. Hello, I'm Power Pup, and I seem to have lost my way while I was having an adventure. Oh, said Flippity, but you are in my gardens. You... Are in the palace of the Cat King. Oh, said the puppy. Is he nice? I'm a little lost. He is very nice, said Flippity Jibbit. He is me. Oh, said the puppy. What is your name? My name is Flippity Jibbit. I am the king of the cats. This is my garden. How did you get here, Power Pup? Is that your name? Well said the puppy. My mom and dad call me Jandrick, but I like for people to call me Power Pup because I'm going to be like Power Dog when I grow up and have adventures just like him when I get bigger. Oh, said Flippity that is fine, Jandrick. I will call you Power Pup. Now, how did you get into my gardens? Well, Power Pup said, I was having an adventure. I went to Meowie at night, even though I'm not supposed to go out at night by myself because my mom and dad say that I'm not quite big enough yet, but Power Dog has adventures and I wanted to have an adventure like him. And so I went to Meowie and I was playing around the banyan tree and then I fell and I fell a lot and and then it was dark and I fell some more and then... And then I was here. Oh, said Flippity-Chippet, I do not know Meowie. Where is that? Well, said Jandrick, it's in Dogland. Oh, said Flippity-Chippet, I did not think you could get to Dogland from here. Or to here from Dogland. Jandrick just shrugged. Can you help me get home? I've had enough adventuring for now, and I want to see my brothers and my sisters and my mom and my dad. I will see what we can do, said Flavrigibet. Are you hungry? I was just thinking of having a little, uh, a snack. 
Oh, yes, said Jendrick. Come this way, said Flippity-Tippet. We will go to the kitchens. Wait a moment, he said. Here, you wear this necklace, and that way you will be able to understand all the cats that we meet. Okay, said Jendrick. So Powerpup and Flippity-Tippet headed to the kitchens. When they arrived there, Flippity-Tippet said, And now we will get something to eat. Do you have kibble? I like kibble a lot, said Jendrick. Oh, said Flippity-Tippet, no, we do not have kibble in the palace of the cats. We do not believe that kibble is tasty. Oh, said Jendrick. Have you ever tried it? It's really very good. Hmm, said Flippity-Tippet. You tell me, have you ever tried a tuna fish? No, said Jendrick. You will try some tuna fish now. I think you will like it. As they were sitting there, having their tuna fish, which Powerpop found that he did like quite a bit indeed, Flip-Flop arrived and settled down at the table. Say, Flippity Gibbet, he said, how's it going? It has been a busy day. Strange things keep happening in the palace. You don't say, said Flip-Flop. So, uh, who's your new friend? This is Powerpop. Hi, said Jendrick. Nice to meet you, said Flip-Flop. He stuck out his paw. Powerpop reached out to shake, and before Flippity Gibbet could say anything, Powerpop suddenly felt a little buzz in his paw. Ha, said Flip-Flop. Paw buzzer, oldest trick in the book. Ho, said Jendrick. That's... That's funny, I think. Your paw buzzed. Yes, said Flip-Flop, and showed him the, the buzzer in his paw. It's so great that you have invited some new friends, said Flip-Flop. You are just happy because you have new people to play pranks on, said flippity Gibbet. I just like meeting new people, said Flip-Flop. So how'd you come to visit the, the Palace of the Cats, Powerpup? flippity Gibbet and Jandrick together recounted the story. Oh, said Flip-Flop, so we're going to help him get home, right, flippity Gibbet? We will have to figure something out, said flippity Gibbet. Oh, said Flip-Flop. Okay, well, I'm sure we'll get you home, Powerpup. flippity Gibbet and I have lots of tricks up our sleeve, and uh, we'll definitely find you a way back to Dogland. Don't you worry. Well, I'm not worried, said Jendrick. You both seem very nice, but I would like to see my family again. I've had enough adventuring now. After they had finished eating, Jandrick gave an enormous yawn, and Flippity Gibbet said, Come, I must confer with my advisors, and we will find a way to get you back home tomorrow. In the meantime, I will show you a bedroom where you can sleep tonight. He led him through the hallways of the palace until he opened a guest room with a big bed. There, said Flippity-Chippet. You can sleep here. Okay, said Jandrick. But where will you be? My room is down the hall, said Flippity-Chippet. But you will be very comfortable here, and in the morning we will get you home. Flippity-Gibbet spent the evening conferring with his advisors, 
and then retired to his rooms. When he got there, he found Jandrick curled up in the center of the royal bed. Liberty Gibbet cleared his throat. <clears throat> oh, said Jandrick, I got lonely, so I came looking for you. Well, said Liberty Gibbet, now you have found me. You should go back to your room. Can I sleep on the floor near your bed? I don't like sleeping by myself. I miss my mom and my dad and my brothers and sisters, said Jandrick. Oh, said Flippity Chibbit. I'm sorry to hear that, but uh, no. Only the king is allowed to sleep in the king's bedroom. You go back to your room, and tomorrow we will get you home. Oh, said Jandrick. Okay. Um, I'll see you in the morning. Good night. Jandrick stepped out of Liberty Gibbet's room into the hallway, only to encounter Flip-Flop. Ah, said Flip-Flop. Kicked you out, did he? Yeah, said Jandrick. He said that the king's bedroom's only for the king. Yeah, said Flip-Flop. You don't want to sleep in there anyway. His alarm's going to go off at 2 a.m. and wake everybody up. Oh, said Jandrick. Does he usually get up at 2 a.m.? Nope, said Flip-Flop. Come on, let's find you someplace comfy. And so Flip-Flop led him through the halls of the palace until they found a door marked Nursery. Flip-Flop opened it. Oh, said Power Pup. There in the center of the nursery was a great soft couch and a mountain of little kittens all sleeping snuggled up to each other. That looks perfect, Powerpup said, and he walked over and snuggled in to the mountain of kittens who snuggled in around him and fell fast asleep. Night kids, said Flip-Flop shutting the door behind him. When Flibberty Gibbet arrived in the kitchen in the wee hours of the morning, blinking the sleep from his eyes, he was only mildly surprised to see Flip-Flop sitting there at the table, drinking some tea. Couldn't sleep, said Flip-Flop. Me either. Somehow, said Flibberty Gibbet, my alarm was set to go off now. Really, said Flip-Flop, you should look into getting a new one. I bet that's really annoying. You have no idea, said Flipperty Chippet. Well, said Flip-Flop, since you're up, why don't we talk about getting Powerpup home? I am conferring with my advisors. We will think about mounting an expedition to find a way back to Dogland for him. Flip-Flop shook his head. You just need to send him home by the Catspaw Highway, Flibberty Chibbet. You know I cannot do that, said Flibberty Chibbet. Grandma Floozy Hoozit, when she was queen, closed off the Catspaw Highway to Dogland. She was concerned about dogs traveling into the Cat Kingdom. Look, said Flip-Flop, you and I both know that Grandma Floozy Hoozit didn't like dogs, she didn't like anyone. You only say that because she banned you from the palace for a year. 
after you slipped farting drops into her tea. Yeah, said Flip-Flop with a grin. Totally worth it. That was the most amusing day of formal court ever. Hmm, said Flippity Gibbet. Perhaps it was. Anyway, said Flip-Flop, Grandma Floozy Who's It didn't like a lot of things. But that's not you, Flippity Gibbet, and she's not queen anymore. You are, and you like dogs just fine. You get along with everyone. Don't let Grandma Floozy Who's It's dislikes dictate yours. Hmm, said Flippity Gibbet. Perhaps you are right. Perhaps Powerpup should go home to Dogland. I will send him home tomorrow morning. Great, said Flip-Flop. And, said Flippity Gibbet, I very much have enjoyed your visit. But I think tomorrow morning you should also return to watch over the Elysium. Absolutely, said Flip-Flop. That was my plan. Excellent, Flippity Gibbet responded. And so, the next morning, Powerpup had a lovely breakfast of tuna fish with Flibberty Gibbet and Flip-Flop, and then Flibberty Gibbet took him out front of the palace. Stand on this wall, he said. Okay, said Jandrick. No, said Flip-Flop. Think about going back to Miaui in Dogland. Okay said Jandrick. And then, Power Pop, then you turn around three times, saying, A cot's paw highway, a cot's paw highway, a cot's paw highway, a take me or I want to go. Okay, said Jandrick. Cat's paw highway, cat's paw highway, cat's paw highway. Take me where I want to go. And with a phoosh, Power Pop was gone. You did the right thing, Liberty Gibbet, said Flip-Flop. I know. Thank you for helping me to see that, said Flipperty Gibbet. You know, we are going to have to find out why there is a rift from Miaui to my garden. Yes, said Flip-Flop. Perhaps another day. I'll leave that to you. Farewell, my cousin, said Flippity Gibbet. And with that, Flip-Flop also mounted the Cat's Paw Highway and returned to the Elysium. And that's the end. I hope you enjoyed this special 100th episode of Stories for Wonderful Children. Thanks to wonderful listener Greta May, who requested a story about mermaids, princesses, and mermaid princesses. Also, wonderful listener James, who wanted to know what Flip-Flop has been up to. And finally, Hank and Phoebe from the Adventures of Power Dog podcast, who requested a story where Flibberty Gibbet meets someone from Dogland. The theme music was created by Brandon Thompson. If you know a wonderful child who might like these stories, please tell them about the show. I'm Dan Wendelin, reminding you to tell someone you love a story. <laughs>